Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihi Jolly. Today we're talking about how Buddhism can help you find the wisdom to overcome anything in life. In particular, the challenges that sometimes come with love and relationships. Our guest is Bryant Rios Nino of Connecticut, who shares his parallel journeys of developing his Buddhist practice and learning what love, relationships, and supporting your family truly takes. I'll let Bryant share the rest. So my name is Bryant Rios Nino. And I'm 27 years old, and I'm currently calling in from Groton, Connecticut, and I'm, I'm in the Navy. Amazing. Well, thank you again for taking the time to talk today. I know we're going we're gonna to get into some personal stuff, so I'm sure people will be really encouraged to hear your journey with Buddhism. So I was thinking we could start at the beginning, and because I always like to ask people sort of how they got interested in Buddhism, why they started chanting nam myoho renge kyo So if you could just tell me that brief story, like how did you first hear about Buddhism, and then when you decided to chant yourself, like what was going on in your life at the time that you were interested Okay. Yeah. So I, I started, or no, I've first learned about Buddhism from my parents. So I grew up like always around the practice, but never really like took it on for myself until I got a little bit older, but I would like chant like Nam Myoho Rinkyo here and there, like whenever I was scared or something. <laughs> but I started chanting when I was 17 and it was about a girl. So I was, you know, I was like kind of like in a weird place like just struggling in my life and uh, I met this person and I really wanted to be with them so I started chanting for that you know to work out which it did which was great but after that you know it kind of broke up so it was kind of sucked but <laughs> I kept chanting so wow. that's what mattered yeah yeah yeah. I love how real that is <laughs> I'm sure so many people can relate to that experience whatever age it was that they that they started chanting. But if you don't mind my my asking, like, I don't know if you even remember, but at the time when you did start chanting, did like anything feel different or anything start to change? Or what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so all I remember was that I was like really unhappy. <laughs> and maybe, I, maybe on the surface, it didn't seem like that. But like deep down, I really felt just like not happy. And uh, when I started chanting though, like, the first thing like I realized um, that was starting to change was just like I felt more open to the people around me, especially like my classmates in school. Mm. In particular, there was like this one guy who I never got along with from years before. And then all of a sudden, like it was really easy to just like be friends with him. And I would have never thought that that was possible before chanting. And then after chanting, I was just like kind of like blew my mind a little bit. So mm. that was one thing that changed. So, you know. Yeah. 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 It's interesting how like the thing that gets you to start chanting, it, it like opens up so many other things that you can chant about. Like, you know, a few people are like, I'm only going to chant about this one thing and then that's it. But like you start to discover so many different goals or parts of yourself or it sounds like in this case, even a, a friendship or a relationship that wasn't possible. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So, so since then you basically have continued practicing like 
since high school-ish, right? End of high school? Yeah, since, yeah. So it's been 10 years, actually, this, this month. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're 27. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, well, we can't cover all 10 years, obviously, on one episode. But but I appreciate you you being willing to sort of talk through some pieces of this journey. And I know, you know, like, for many people, once you've practiced for a while, you start to understand yourself better, but also kind of like the deeper things in life that need to change in order for us to become happier, be contributive. And so I was thinking today we could kind of unpack, you know, like how we can tap into our own wisdom and like take responsibility for any situation we might be facing, which is different for everyone. And it's different for us at different ages. So I understand kind of like a bigger recent experience for you is using your practice to take care of your family, but maybe we can backtrack and, you know, start at the beginning of the story. So yeah, wherever, wherever you'd like to start, maybe tell us a little bit about your family and maybe what was the struggle that kind of opened up this, this experience. Right. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, so I guess it was, it was just this relationship that I first had. So the reason I started practicing, I felt like this was like the person I was meant to be with, like when I met her. So that's why I was like, oh, I need to chant to, <laughs> to change myself, basically for this person. And I really believed that, like, like that was what I needed to do. But yeah, I quickly realized that, you know, or I didn't realize anything, actually. So I was chanting about her and then we were together. And, and I guess things in my life were starting to change, like certain things I was doing I stopped, so I was like hanging out with the wrong friends before I started practicing and and just like maybe doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing at at such a young age, which was just like not good for my life. So yeah, I think chanting really helped me to like realize that whatever I have inside is like much better than anything external that I needed to make me happy. Mm -hmm. Like maybe, you know, drugs or like alcohol or you know relationships or certain types of relationships with people so i i like slowly realized that with like friends and like you know certain things i was doing like habits i was i was into and then i just like was like oh i gotta stop doing this because i feel like i don't need it like chanting helps me be happy so i was i just completely stopped everything that i was doing like cold turkey and then like a couple months later my girlfriend just like dumped me and I was like, what? Like things are, I'm like starting to change all this stuff. And then all of a sudden she just like breaks up with me. Mm-hmm. So I was like super heartbroken. And but it had already been six months of chanting. So mm-hmm. I, I already could see like the, the difference in my life within that six months of just chanting every day. And mm-hmm. I just continued, like I just determined like I'm going to keep going no matter what happens from this point forward. Because I could, I saw the benefit of it. And, but that's so I guess like fast forward you know, like, you know, it took me about seven years to get over her, <laughs> which was, and I don't know why it took so long. It was just kind of like this feeling like, oh, because I started practicing because of this person, like there was some deeper reason, but I think there was just like something in my own head that was incorrect. And actually during COVID, since we were like, basically went, like we were stuck inside our our homes, mm-hmm. I was like, I had a lot more time to just kind of reflect and, and to chant more about like, all these things that I was struggling with. And so one main thing was this relationship that like I never really understood why things happened the way they happened. And actually there was like this quote that my mom sent me. I actually have it on my phone. Is it all right if I read it? 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's it's like a page long. Sorry, it's a little bit long, but it's like basically this quote from Daisaku Ikeda. And he basically write, he's writing to youth about like love and relationships. And this like really was relevant for me at the time and still is to this day. So he says, people have the freedom to live as they choose and each person's character is different. Nevertheless, I think it's a shame to spend your youth constantly chasing. If you're going to fall in love, wouldn't it be wonderful to have one great love that lasts a lifetime? And how much more wonderful would it be if that love led to marriage? Of course, this won't always happen. Nevertheless, it is unfair to both you and the other person if you enter a relationship having already decided that it is just for fun, putting casual relationships in one box and, in a, in a, and serious relationships or even marriage in a completely separate one. I'm sure you still have many questions, but the fact is that a future of unlimited possibilities lies before you. There's no need to rush into anything. You don't need to be in a hurry to grow up. If there's someone that you like, What's wrong with holding on to that feeling inside your heart for a while and resolving to polish yourself so that you can become the kind of person he or she or anyone would be proud to be with? Such a spirit of self-development is most admirable, I feel. Whether or not that person ever learns how you feel in your heart, with time those feelings will grow and mature like a fine wine. When you become an adult, the memories of your youth will envelop you like a beautiful fragrance. I truly feel that these experiences are the means by which you will all become people of great depth and character. So uh, yeah, that wow. guidance or that, you know, what he wrote kind of really touched me in a different way because I feel like I'd read it before, but I never really like tried to understand what it meant. Hmm. And so I was like really chanting about it because I just didn't, you know, I didn't know why I couldn't get over this person. And I, I just realized that like, yeah, this was something that I really needed in my life. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. If you don't mind my asking a quick follow up there before we we go on, you know, no, I was just thinking about about the quote. So, so just to to recap for a second. So this was during COVID. So it's sort of like you had been living with this thing that you hadn't been able to get over, and it, in COVID you start chanting and then kind of encounter this writing from Daisaku Ikeda. Yes. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ha- ha- what happened then? Like, did you? Yeah. How did you, because that's like profound guidance, but also really hard to apply when your feelings are the thing that are the problem, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I was, so I read this and I was chanting about it and then just like trying to chant about what is like love, like what is like real love about? Because like I really wanted to, to realize that for myself. And so I was like chanting about that like every day almost. And I think around May of 2020, like a couple months, like into the pandemic, I was on Instagram. Um, my friend was like posting stuff on her story. And so I would read sometimes the things that she, she posted. And some, sometimes it was, it was from Daisaku Keda and like, I, we would just talk about it. And then we started talking like every day, just like, just, you know, about everything, you know, we were going through and uh, things that we've gone through in the past, like struggles and and things of that nature. And like, I just kept remembering this quote, like this page from this book that my mom sent me. And I was like thinking about it more and more. Cause like, you know, I feel like naturally, like I had more feelings for her, but I didn't want to like, I, I wanted to do what, what the, what he was talking about, like letting it like age, like a fine wine. <laughs> I guess that was like the image I had in my mind. And like, I didn't want to like, you know, and then he said like, you know, what's wrong with like holding on to the feeling 
you know, for a while. So like, and, you know, just like focusing on the friendship. So I was just trying to do that and not like force anything to happen. And so I feel like naturally, like we just started to like each other more. And then, you know, from there, you know, we shared that with each other and just became what it, you know, that was my wife. That's, you know, so, uh, yeah. So we started dating like during COVID, like long distance because of that. And, uh, and then I was like starting to realize like, this is what he's talking about, I think in the, in the book. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a sweet story. <laughs> That's because yeah. like you weren't looking, it just sort of happened. It sounds like. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Yeah. Unexpected turn of events. And your wife knows the story, like she knows the context and everything. She's okay with the, yeah. you sharing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. So, and then, yeah. What, then you eventually got married then, I guess, recently, fairly in the last couple of years. Yes. So, yeah. So there was, that's a funny story. So, so we started dating long distance and then, you know, naturally we wanted to be closer to each other because it was just like, we were, you know, she's in California and I was in here in Connecticut. So, yeah, I just like was, you know, she was asking me like, oh, no, why don't you move here to San Diego? And, uh, and uh, yeah, so, you know, eventually I decided to move over there and, and just uh, try to create a, you know, some type of foundation for myself in San Diego. And so, uh, yeah, we were able to be together and actually pretty quickly we found out that we were going to have a child. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, so... Yeah, that was really, really quick. But yeah, it was very challenging at the time because, you know, we both weren't expecting anything like that to happen. So we were just like thinking about like, you know, what do we do now? Like, you know, trying to prepare for what was to come because we were going to have like a son. And uh, yeah, we weren't yet married, but we, you know, I definitely knew that before I even started talking with her, like before I even started, you know, thinking about her romantically, like, if I decided to be with this person that I want to marry them. Cause I, I feel like that's something that I've learned just over the years, like not to just, you know, just enter something casually, like, especially from this, this just like reemphasized it, this quote from the mm -hmm. book. And so, yeah, it was like kind of challenging situation, but yeah, we were really just trying our best to, you know, kind of strengthen ourselves and, and our relationship even more. And, and, uh, prepare, you know, to welcome our son to the world. So he was born on, on August 24th of 2021. And we, we, we weren't sure if we wanted to get married after he was born or before. And so on August 23rd or August 22nd, my wife asked me like, Hey, do you want to get married tomorrow? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Cause I actually, I had proposed to her like multiple times beforehand. Huh. But I didn't have a ring. So like I would constantly propose to her just like and she would always say, no, not until you get me a ring. <laughs> and then and then like she actually proposed to me the final time. So she was like, hey, do you want to get married tomorrow? I was like, sure. And so we went to the courthouse with her parents and we got married. And then that night she went into labor on, on August 23rd. And then the, the next day, August 24th, my son was born. So it was pretty <laughs> funny situation. <laughs> oh my but God. yeah and then uh, yeah so that was what happened and yeah then, yeah we became parents <laughs> well i mean congratulations <laughs> i guess it's it's he, he must be what almost two then now right yeah he's a year and nine months today actually wow so. 
Oh my gosh, yeah, I feel like I'm watching a movie. <laughs> this is an incredible story already. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, not to make light of it, I'm sure there must have been so much going through your head and heart because at once exciting and it sounds like really happy, but also very unexpected and a lot to, to figure out. But before we move on, yeah, you know, like sometimes for people who are new and they want to understand kind of like what the Buddhist principle or practice is underneath everything. I just want to call out one thing, which is like, you know, for those who've been listening to the podcast for a while, they've heard many, many times people share that Buddhism is, of course, chanting nam myoho renge as the core practice of what we do, but it's also steady and it's also participating in the Buddhist community. And so I feel like just the fact that you could take a piece of writing and like really chant to apply it to your life, like that's like one of the most important things you do in Buddhist practice, whatever resonates with you. In this case, your mom sent it to you, which is awesome. Yeah. So I just wanted to, to call that out because I'm sure, you know, with all the ups and downs to, to just the piece of this where you're overcoming one relationship or past relationship before starting another, just to be able to be anchored in something is really like a rare and amazing opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Sorry, so I, I interrupted. So so your son was born. What was sort of like going through your head or I, I'm like, how were you chanting about it? What were you chanting about? You know, since I imagine you guys also both practice, right? You and yeah. your wife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like how, what, what sort of happened next? So. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I was kind of like between jobs and uh, yeah. I think for myself, like I've always, not always, but I've, I have a struggle with like finances too, like, and just like jobs in general. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we were chanting about money <laughs> as a big thing for sure. Just like, how are we going to support ourselves? Cause at the time we were living with my wife's parents mm -hmm. um, and they were like really, really supportive and just like very generous, like letting us stay with them. So we have like a lot of appreciation for them. And uh, yeah, I think I was like in the process of getting a new job, like when my son was born. He, yeah, I, I had applied to like a car dealership and I was going to work in the parts department as a shipper receiver. <laughs> and, you know, this was like a full-time job and I hadn't started yet, but I had gotten the job like the week before my son was born. And, uh, and then the same week, like at the end of the week, like literally like a week after he was born, I started working at this job because I needed to make some kind of income. Mm. So I started working there and, and it was a great place to work, especially the people. I really enjoyed like getting to know the people there, but you know, naturally like the, the type of job it was, wasn't like the most financially stable for like a family of three. Mm -hmm. So I was just constantly like in this battle with like myself and, and just like our circumstances, like how, you know, this isn't enough. Like, what am I going to do? And my wife was not working at the time. So obviously, cause she's, she just had a baby. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was just working like as much as I could and then just trying to figure out like what I'm, what I'm going to do, even, even having this job, like it wasn't enough. So yeah, the next, I worked there for like a year or so. And it was like, just like an uphill battle, kind of like trying to figure out what to do. And mm -hmm. I started just applying to other jobs. Because even though like it was a great, great place to work, like the people were great, but I just needed something that brought in more money. So I was just applying to like a lot of jobs and just getting rejected from all these jobs that were like, you know, a lot higher paying. 
but just like my qualifications just didn't add up to what they were looking for a lot of the time. So just like constantly like in my head, like, what am I going to do? And I think the main thing that kept me going, though, was like the SGI community, like especially like the members out in San Diego were like really supportive and just constantly encouraging me to like do my best and, you know, to not give up. Yeah, I feel like I learned so much just from them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that helped a lot, definitely to keep going forward. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was kind of like a, whatever they needed me to do at the job, like I would just do it. So like if they asked me to go drive to like this certain place and drop off like a bunch of parts, like for cars there, then I had, I would just go. And then we, we were really short staffed. So our driver was just always out for some reason or another, like health issues. And so I always had to be on the road. And so I would, I would actually use that time to just chant about, about what, you know, about a job, like, and then constantly seeing like all these like hiring, 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 like places like all over the place. So it was like always in my head, but I was just like chanting, like, like what's the best job for my mission, you know, for my family. And uh, yeah, so my, my wife, her father is a Navy veteran. Like they've, like her family has been able to like transform so much using this practice. And, 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 and I feel like, you know, that example for me kind of made me feel like, oh, what if I joined the Navy, you know, chanting, like I was just chanting and like, I had this thought one day, like driving, like, what if I joined the Navy? And I just started picturing in my head, like all these benefits that could come out of it. Like the biggest one for me being like, my son could go to college for free. And I was like, wow, like that's, that's what I'm going to do. And so, you know, I was just like so emotional, like driving in the van, like, this is what I'm going to do. And like, I was just like, okay, I was set on it. And yeah, so I enlisted like maybe like a week that week or around that time. It was like October of 2021, 2022. Wow. Um, Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just last year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine just like, you know, it's hard to capture in one conversation, like how much must have gone into that decision and also like how much you were dealing with internally at that time. If you don't mind my asking, because I think like what you're sharing is actually so relatable to so many people, even if the reason they might be able to relate is like different circumstances, but there is like, you know, sometimes life just throws things at you where you're just like, okay, I have to figure this out. You know, it, it could be like in your case, you're, you have a family to support all of a sudden, kind of. But in other, other cases, you know, people could have lost a job unexpectedly or had a health issue or, you know, like that's what life is. These things just happen. Um, and so I'm just thinking like in that moment, you have the choice to just like, okay, I can do this and I'm going to not give up and I'm going to find a solution. Or you can like really just be burdened and overwhelmed by the circumstances. And it sounds like you were just like, I'm going to take action. So I want to, I want to just unpack that a little bit more for people who might be new to Buddhism. Cause I'm guessing that that came from this foundation that you had in practicing, but like day to day, I'm sure it was quite up and down. So how do you think about that part of it? Like, what do you, like, what do you feel like your Buddhist practice helped you do or whether it was like coming from the community, as you mentioned, or like what chanting, like, let you do on a daily basis just from the perspective of someone who's new who's like like what was the role of buddhism in all of that you know what i mean yeah i see yeah i mean 
I feel like for me, Channing just always helped me to get through all of the struggles, you know, like just the day to day struggles. Because like I never woke. I mean, I would wake up some days just feeling great. And then the other days I would wake up and I would just feel like, oh, why do I have to go to work today? You know, and then sometimes like just be so frustrated at work. <laughs> just like we had like these really big bumpers some days that like sometimes you had to like look for a specific one and they're all like piled up on top of each other. And then like I, I, I just get so frustrated just digging through like this giant pile of bumpers. <laughs> and I would just like just chant like, like, oh, my God, like, when is this going to end? But yeah, I think I think it just helped me to keep moving forward, like especially like on the days where like I would I would just feel like super low. And then also like like sharing about this practice with other people. Hmm. Like I, I learned that like whenever I would feel like really just like just so down <laughs> or just defeated almost some days, like whenever I share about it, like it would help me feel like a little bit more joyful in, in my in my in my life or like throughout the day. So I started like just trying to share whenever I could because I would feel more joy. And, and that became like like something I would try to regularly do. And it also like helped. I think it really, you know, really helps other people, helped other people to like to hear something that was like positive in their day, too, because you don't ever know like what other people are going through themselves and so i think that's probably why like i felt good from doing it from sharing about the practice hmm. yeah i think it just like helps me to keep keep moving forward you know like like when i don't want to keep take another step it's like chanting in the morning and at night just helps me to keep taking another step and like keep challenging a little bit more a little bit more you know yeah 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 i completely understand that's like i mean it sounds so simple but it's like is very profound being able to do that day after day after day. So thank you for, for sharing that. So I, I'm curious, so, so you made the decision to join, I guess, the le- second half of last year. And then, yeah, how did your wife take it? What was it like? How did it go actually? Because that's where you are now, right? So actually the process of actually joining or enlisting as much as you're comfortable sharing, of course. I'm, I'm sure that wasn't simple either. Yeah, so... I told her like that same day, I think, like when I when I thought about it and then she was like, oh, OK, like like very casually just like was like, all right, sounds cool. Like, you know, but then I came back like in a, a couple of days later, like, OK, so I'm going to go into the recruiting office today and like like enlist. And she's like, oh, you're being serious. Like, she didn't think I was actually like going to do it. Like thought I was just like having these thoughts, but I was actually like really you know, determined to go and enlist. And so she really was so, actually like super supportive about about you know my decision um just because like she's you know she's grown up her whole life basically so yeah so i enlisted in october last year and then it took about like four or five like four months i like october september no october november december yeah like four months to actually like get into the navy because of just i was 26, 20, 25 when I enlisted. I know I was 26 and, and I've already gone through a lot. I think most people join when they're 18 and I joined when I was 26. So uh, I had like some previous like health, like medical history with like a fractured foot and then like, like asthma as a kid. And so they, they wanted me to get all this information 
for them to to like make sure I was physically fit to to join. So it took a while actually to get through that whole process, and you know it was definitely you know I think I was like kind of like it tested whether or not you know I was like really determined to join or not because like so many times. I was just like, you know, why am I doing this? Like, if they're taking so long, like, if 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 it's taking so long just to get in, because I thought it was going to be like really quick, but it was like four months, and so, but you know, I just kept trying my trying to get everything turned into them that they wanted, and eventually, like, I was able to like, like get a good job, like choose a good job in the Navy, and then you know, I finally like signed my papers to like to join in in January. Like around the end of January, and then so my ship out date to boot camp was February twenty second, and yeah, and then something that like really kind of opened my eyes a little bit was when I was at the hotel um, that I was staying at the night before, like we were to ship out. The roommate I had, he was trying to join the Marines, and so he was like in the process of he was like going to go to the Marines, but he had been waiting for like a year to get into the Marines, and like. Yeah, just like also like really struggling financially, this mm-hmm. guy. And actually, he, I def, I'm, I'm pretty sure he like he was able to go to boot camp like his own. And but it just like made me feel like wow, like I was like upset about four months, and this guy's been here like trying to get in for like a year because mm-hmm. of like some medical history like that he's been trying to get cleared. And so I was like, wow, this is like, you know, pumps. other people struggle way more than I do, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What yeah. a journey. I, I'm sure, like a, f- a few years ago, you wouldn't have imagined this is where your <laughs> life was gonna be. But <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Just the fact that you you were able to move forward and you know like find your way through an unexpected situation, but also like at the same time change like this deep relationship karma, as we would call it. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to ask one question just a little bit about like the internal process of this, because again, you know, for people who are new and are like, so how does it work? You know, so chanting like does what exactly? Cause I could just like power my way through a bunch of stuff too, you know, like it, it, but the, the Buddhism part is so important. And so, you know, the word Buddhability on this show, which is another word for Buddhahood or your own enlightenment is like your own wisdom, courage, and compassion, as you know, and you know, we say all the time in the Buddhist community, but it's like really hard to believe in your own. And I think like, that's kind of like the important part about chanting is you, you come to believe in yourself for your own Buddhability in like a really significant way. And then that, that's what allows you to kind of keep on going. So I'm just curious for you, like, over the years of your practice, whether it was this experience or just the accumulation of them, like when did you begin to believe in your own Buddha ability or like, when do you feel like that kind of internal, what we would call faith in Buddhism, you know, started to solidify for you? Cause I'm sure like through all of this, it it sounds like it's about external stuff, but it's also about internal stuff. If you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good question. Or like put another way, like, were there any, turning points for you where you were just like like I I really see the result of of chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo and I like really do believe in in myself in my own wisdom or my own courage or my own compassion or whatever words you'd use for it yeah I think I think it's I think that for me I've always kind of struggled with maybe like believing in myself or yeah even like feeling like I was a compassionate person 
because I don't know, like I, <clears throat> I think growing up like in the practice definitely has helped me a lot, but like, you know, I have a lot of tendencies, I think like just as a person and I feel like, you know, from Buddhism, we learn about like doing our, our human revolution. So I've had to do lots of human revolution. <laughs> I think especially like, especially with my, my family, like my dad, especially my dad, I think, because I feel like for myself, I struggle with like getting angry. So like, that's been like a really big thing that I would, you know, just frustrated or like angry, like not know how to like, you know, break through in, in certain ways. And I think that's just been like a tendency also of just like my brother and my mom. And so like, it's, you know, we're very fiery people, <laughs> like behind closed doors. So I think that for me, like something that like over the years, like I've seen growth in through my practice, I think especially has definitely been like with my family, like being able to like have more patience, like with my dad, especially because he's like a very positive, super positive, like passionate person. And I feel like, you know, I have, you know, I can be that way, but I'm not always like that. Like I, I have like, you know, I can be negative and I can be like, just, you know, I was a very rebellious kid and like I've, you know, me and my dad like kind of always sometimes like clashed heads. And I think that because of my practice, so like the relationship with my dad has gotten a lot better since I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, and even to the point where some days like I just feel like this super deep like appreciation for him. Like, mm -hmm. especially when I was at boot camp, like the, you know, I think I was writing him a letter one day, like the first letter, and like I was just crying like so much like writing him a letter like my parents like and I don't know why I think just like I could just feel how much he cares about me and my my brothers and my family and how much he's fought for us that like like it's it's like almost like fighting against this like appreciation that I have like this like really this dark inner side of me like fighting against this appreciation you know mm -hmm. for for all the things that my parents have done for us because they've struggled a lot too over the years that's like a whole other story <laughs> but but yeah like i really realized how much appreciation i have from my parents and still like trying so hard right now just to like deepen that even more because like there's definitely times where like i'm really lacking and like i feel it and so but i recognize that like i really need to have more appreciation like like he can go even deeper, I feel like. So that's something that I'm really challenging right now as well, just like to have appreciation, especially being back home because I haven't been back home in like two years and they're like literally like an hour and a half away now. So yeah, like every time we come back together as a family, it's like great. But yeah, so definitely that I think that's what something that I've really noticed in, mm -hmm. throughout my practice. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's so, it's actually so significant. And, and for anyone who's new, you know, appreciation for our parents is like actually a very core principle in Buddhism, despite what kind of circumstances we may have had. Some people may have had wonderful experiences with parents. Some may have had tough ones and everything in between, but it's it, just hearing like everything you just shared. And then this piece about your parents, I kind of feel like it's, it's really remarkable too, that you get to actively be developing a relationship 
both with your parents and with your own child at the same time. And it feels like both are still new and fresh in a sense. And yeah. you're, you're just deepening both. And I'm sure it'll be like a many years long experience. So that's really amazing just to even be aware of that, you know, at this time. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. No yeah. Wow. Well, I feel like we, we've covered so much and I will probably move to my, my closing questions, but before I do, just in terms of kind of like this, this theme of, you know, like learning to unlock our own wisdom and like change whatever situations we might be facing. Is there anything I didn't think to ask? Or are there any parts of the story that we didn't cover that you'd like to share about it? So there's one thing. Sure. sure. So yeah, so my, my son, actually, he was born with this condition called club, club feet, mm -hmm. um, which is basically like Basically, like this this condition where like he's born with his feet like turned inward, and we knew about this before he was born. So like, like it was kind of like we were expecting it. So, mm. I think, like, learning how to prepare for that and like the process of what it means, like once he's born, like finding the right kind of treatment and like what what that entails. It's kind of like a like another kind of like challenge that came with having our son mm. so you know he was born like fine fortunately like he was like very joyful kid and like he doesn't even know like you know what you know for him like anything that he goes through is like just normal day everyday life mm -hmm. but for me and my wife it's you know especially my wife it's a very difficult situation because like you know we don't know what to what's going to happen or like what it means so i think just the day-to-day -day, like struggle with that and like trying to continue to stay positive even though like you know like treatment is going to take like four years like to correct his feet and then like that whole process was you know just kind of like another curveball and I think for me like I you know I come from like a, a background with just like health you know family health issues within the family so like I'm just like Oh no, there's definitely like a way that we can overcome whatever happens with health. But yeah, I think we've been able to like really just support him. I think mm -hmm. especially because of our practice and to like continue just like moving forward like as well. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like in other, any other situation people would just, you know, not know what to do or like, you know, like it would be really easy to just like maybe give up or mm -hmm. I don't know, but I feel like because of our practice like like there's, we know there's a way forward, like, and, you know, eventually like, you know, it's definitely treatable. So my son is going to be able to like be completely fine and he's already walking. So it's like, even just to get to that point was, it's been like really great to witness. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think just, just that, you know, small detail. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, that's, that's significant. And yeah, I, I completely understand. You know, it's funny just hearing you talk. Cause I also was born into a family that practices Buddhism and I'm like realizing just in the way that you're sharing too, like so, so much of the attitude you get to develop toward life. doesn't really matter. Like when you started chanting, like it's ingrained, <laughs> like yeah. that this attitude of like, we're, we're, we're just, we're going to get through this. We're going to find a way like this, like kind of optimism even on your worst days like that you just you don't even get to escape being optimistic sometimes <laughs> you just sometimes get tired or you feel low so it's kind of amazing how that's like kind of built in and in some sense prepared you for all of these very unique and unexpected circumstances so yeah, yeah. I, I thank you for for sharing that and 
I, I guess, you know, if you're okay with me asking like one final question before we move to the closing, which is just like, I'm just thinking back to like when you shared you were, you know, it was like early pandemic or just before the pandemic and you were really chanting about these kind of bigger things in your life and a big one being relationships. And then like a matter of a couple of years, everything changed so dramatically, yeah. you know, in a way you couldn't have planned. So like, how do you think about the future now? Or like, do you have a a dream, you know, whether it's for your family or yourself or your son or all of the above, like where you're like, this is now what I'm moving towards? Because sometimes, you know, when, when life like throws things at you, it's easy to feel lost in all of it. But it sounds like you, you're quite clear and you're just moving forward. So I'm just curious, like how you're chanting about it or if there's some kind of like guiding goal or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I think since like even, yeah, since joining the Navy, I think a lot of things have just like opened up a little bit in terms of like, you know, the future and like the path that could come from this career itself. I started thinking a lot more about like, what is it that I really want to do with my life? Something that I really want to do actually is eventually to, you know, once I retire from the Navy to like teach. So like, I want to be able to teach. I'm not sure exactly what yet, but I'm really like passionate about like art. And like, I really, I'm into skateboarding too. So like, I, I like making art for skateboards. Mm. No, I, you know, I thought about like, you know, what if I, I'm able to like get my teaching degree or my, you know, teaching credentials and like a bachelor's degree in the Navy. And then, and then after I retire, I'm able to like teach, but like, I'm sure like, you know, maybe like teaching it like expands to something completely different that I can't, I can't even imagine, but I know that I want to teach. And, and yeah, I think that's like, you know, one of the things I want to do, but. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll evolve over time, but even just to be able to, like, you know, while you have so much on your plate to, to have things that you're passionate about, I, you know, in Buddhism, we use the word life condition to sort of describe like your, sort of like your attitude or your energy, you know, for those who are new. And like, that's the, in a sense, the whole benefit of chanting is to just like be able to live your life, no matter what's happening around you in a place that you, you're happy and you have passions and you don't give up. So I, yeah, I, I always like to point that out to you for people who are new and it's just like so hard to understand what chanting does but it like allows you to be a, a happy person who doesn't give up basically <laughs> yeah 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 well okay so i want to be mindful of time so i'll move to our, our final clo closing questions this is how i always end the show and the first is do you have a favorite buddhist concept or a buddhist quote that you have held on to that's sort of helped you through this journey yeah so i was like yeah I found one in my wallet, actually, <laughs> that <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't actually gone back to in a long time. But something that definitely has like helped me to like break through like those days, like when you're really struggling with, you know, just life in general. And it's by Daisaku Ikeda. And mm -hmm. he says, there may be times when life seems gloomy and dull, but when we feel stuck in some situation or other, when we are negative toward everything, when we feel lost and bewildered, not sure which way to turn, at such times, we must transform our passive mindset and determine, I will proceed along this path. I will pursue my mission today. When we do so, a genuine springtime arrives in our hearts and flowers start to blossom. And yeah, definitely like, I remember like when I was first reading this, like it really kind of like helped me, especially like in those days when just I felt so down just for whatever reason. Like it's never like, 
the end point, you know, there's always, you know, we can always transform any kind of situation, like, like into this springtime that he's talking about, like, and that's through chanting. So, and Mm -hmm. never giving up. So. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, That's a really amazing quote. I feel like it connects to everything we've been talking about actually. So amazing. (laughs) Well, okay. So I will share our closing question then. And again, thank you so much for everything that you've shared. But if you could, for anybody who's listening, give one piece of advice and particularly someone who might be new to chanting and currently struggling with maybe a similar challenge that you face, whether it's in their relationships or family or with themselves, what one piece of advice would you give them? Yeah, I would definitely say, like, don't give up. And uh, there's definitely, like, a way forward, you know, you know, regardless of where you are right now. And, uh, you know, you have so much inside of yourself that, you know, you can bring out, especially when you chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Like, yeah, it's like unlimited things can happen. Like, great things can happen when you chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Like, especially, like, believing in yourself and, and transforming it, like, any kind of, like, situation or relationship I think like into something just like unbelievable that you can't even imagine. So yeah, I would just say like really like, you know, don't give up and just, you know, keep moving forward and really try practicing, you know, Nichiren Buddhism, chant Nam-myoho-renge-kyo. I want to leave you with the following words from Buddhist philosopher Daisaku Ikeda, which are highlights from an essay titled, What is Love? It captures advice on both the challenges of unrequited or painful love, as well as what true love enables us to do. Ikeda writes, If you genuinely love someone, then through your relationship with them, you can develop into a person whose love extends to all humanity. Such a relationship serves to strengthen, elevate, and enrich your inner realm of life. Ultimately, the relationships you form are a reflection of your own state of life. He also says of love and all matters in youth. No matter what, you must always do your best to live courageously. You mustn't be weak-hearted. Youth is a time for advancing bravely into the future. You must not veer off course, fall behind, or hide in the shadows. On that note, as always, if you'd like to learn more about chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, we have plenty of resources at foodability.org. And if you'd like to get connected to your local Buddhist community, you can email us at connect at sgi-usa.org. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.